News stories were coming in about this strange virus in Wuhan, China. It was weeks before we saw the first cases in the U.S. As the numbers went up each day, my curiosity got the best of me, and I started plotting the curves. Hear stories from real people all over the world and how they've responded. I'm Sally Hendrick, founder of Shout Your Cause, and this is COVID-19, The World Responds. Keith Carver, how are you doing? I am doing great, Sally. It's good to see you today. Good to see you. So we go way back. We go way back. We yeah. go way back uh, to uh, 1988, I believe. Oh my gosh. Night, yeah, that's kind of scary. 1988, and then I left Memphis in 91. When did you leave Memphis? I left Memphis in 92. Okay. I, I, was, a little, I was a little slower than you. Oh, well, I was just, you know, eager. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Eager to get out in the world. So tell me, what are you doing now? Well, you know, I've been um, with uh, the University of Tennessee for about two and a half decades uh, in various roles. I worked on the Knoxville campus uh, after graduation. Uh, after, after we were together in Memphis, I, uh -huh. I went and got a master's degree and just kept working at the UT. And been okay. in Knoxville. I've worked at UT's campus in Memphis. Uh -huh. I've worked at UT's campus in Martin uh, prior. Went and worked for the UT system for a while, University of Tennessee system, and have been chancellor at uh, UT Martin since January of 2017. So starting my fourth year here. Yeah. It's good to awesome. be back in West Tennessee. That's great. Yeah. And you're getting closer to your roots by living in West Tennessee again. I am, you know, two counties over. I can get back and uh, see lots of good friends in Crockett County, and uh -huh. uh, that's been that's been great to reconnect. My wife, Holly Ann, uh -huh. uh, is um, is from Lexington, Tennessee, and so okay. her family's close by. So it has been a homecoming of sorts, which has been really good. Sally, I am feeling um, a little old though uh, when I start recruiting. Uh, grandchildren of friends from high, you know, friends from home. And uh, I realized that, you know, I'm creeping towards 50 myself. So I've got to, you know, I, I'm, I'm not as young as I feel. I've got you beat. Oh, is I'm that right? Already, I'm already 50. Oh, yeah. well, you, you held up better than I have. You've held oh, up better you. than I have. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> well, and I know Holly Ann too. So we, yeah, we grew up singing together in Crockett County. That's so, right, sure did, at Kincaid Studios. Absolutely. So it's so good to talk with you. I've been wanting to get in touch with you for a while, and this is the perfect opportunity because I've already been talking to like an independent college counselor. I also spoke with a student at UT Martin mm -hmm. and uh, for this podcast, for these interviews. And talking with you is just coming full circle because I'm going to get this perspective from you of what's happening with the COVID-19 situation. Everything's sure. turned on its end and we need to know what, what are you planning to do? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think Sally, the, the, the most interesting piece is uh, back in January, February, uh, the coronavirus was was something really that was was happening overseas. I mean, you certainly heard mm -hmm. about 
instance here, but as you as you get into late February, mid February, early March, obviously cases uh, being discussed here. But then I guess the tipping point is is you heard about the situation in Washington State, you mm-hmm. know, with this nursing home, and and all of a sudden um, we're starting to look locally as a as a university, but also our region and state. And at that point, are any cases diagnosed here? Um, but by, I think the date that'll go down in UT Martin history was, was March 11th. We had, uh, at that point, uh, we had been, uh, already gotten through spring break through half a semester of classes. And all of a sudden we see, you know what, things are, things are accelerating and we're going to need to pivot quickly to remote learning. Um, at first we decided let's take, uh, three weeks off. Uh, go online for three weeks and then come back at a, at a time in April uh, and then within four or five days saw, you know what, we're going to need to be online uh, the rest of the semester, semester. And, and the summer as well. And so uh, things have happened really quickly, uh, but I, I applaud uh, our students. They've been um, persistent. They've been patient. They've been understanding. It's been really frustrating for them. Uh, I commend our faculty because many of them have not taught before prior to this on a remote in a remote access environment, mm-hmm. online environment. And so we had about four days there where we offered crash courses, online support, tech support to help them get up. And, and they've, they've done their absolute best and I'm proud of them. And I'm really proud of our students for just saying, you know what, we're, we're going to try this. We've got to. And, um, I think the hardest part is um, if you if you knew you know in the summer you were going to have to do this it would be different but but mid midstream in a semester mid March and hello so, you know we went from a from a seventy three hundred uh, student residential environment wow. to now just being sort of essential person personnel only and um, operating really on a, the majority of our folks are telecommuting, uh, but I've, I've, you know, think the story that's being written here is how we adapted and, and using technology. Uh, and I think the, the task we have before us is, what does the fall like? We know the summer's gonna be remote, mm-hmm. but how do, we, how do we handle this incoming class in the fall? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are we, prepared to begin in August? Uh, are we, uh, do we need to go online for the fall? Uh, or can we do a hybrid? Can we, can we start online mm-hmm. and then October start welcoming folks back? And uh, so those are the things that we're evaluating right now. And obviously at the forefront of all our discussions are just the, the safe and, and safety and wellness and, and health concerns mm-hmm. of the UT Martin community and our students, faculty, and staff. So uh, that's sort of where we are right now. So the question is, what does this mean as far as like future expansion now that you've put your foot in the water right. of the online world? You know, I don't know if you realize it, but I teach online. I teach uh, marketing and advertising online. I also do that for a living, but I've been teaching with online courses and Zoom calls and oh, yeah. live streams and all of these different mechanisms for several years now. So 
it seems like the opportunities could actually open up in a whole different direction if you are bringing this in. You know, it, it has. And so for summer, uh, our summer enrollment's actually up in terms of full-time enrollment. Uh, we've got faculty who've never offered their courses online before saying, I'm going to offer this this summer and students are responding. And so a couple of things there is I think we'll continue to expand what we've traditionally offered online. But I think mm -hmm. the second piece of that is, is I think our, our folks, more of our people will become confident in being able to deliver an online content or, or mm -hmm. remote access platform. And, and so that's exciting. The second thing I've seen though is uh, while I think we will branch out and, and get more aggressive and develop more, I think we also see that um, for so many students, the residential experience is really a great thing. And, and um, you know, just dealing with um, issues that pop up in life and the fact of having a roommate you can talk to or, or having a fraternity or sorority that, that you can do things with socially or um, you, love, you love your foreign language and, and your Spanish club uh, gets in a car and drives to Memphis to go see, um, you know, a, a, a Hispanic theater production. And those things that you mm -hmm. do in groups I think have so much value to the out of class that enhances the in class experience. So uh, I really see UT Martin is con continuing to uh, be a hybrid, doing those things on mm -hmm. campus, the traditional residential college does, the, the things that you and I experienced when we were at Memphis, but also uh, providing more opportunities online, whether it be um, a student at community college that wants to dip their toe in a, in a, in a history course at UT Martin or a returning adult or working adult uh, that wants to come back uh, is, is really imagining what else could we be doing? And I think it's really, th these obstacles have really stimulated a lot of creativity going forward. So mm -hmm. I love the hybrid model of being able to, to offer both, which is fantastic. Another thing that I was thinking about is that you could open up more community education, like auditing classes, elderly people who want to audit classes, people who don't have the money to come live the college experience, but maybe they have a family and they're somewhere else and they don't have the ability to be in Martin on campus, that there could be programs developed for people like that. That seems like something that would be really exciting because it really expands the opportunity and even going into the high schools and bringing up some of the, you know, uh, more developed or more mature children that want to get some college credits while they're in high school. You know, you're, you're exactly right. The dual enrollment opportunities are there with these platforms. Mm -hmm. um, they're easy to use. They're not scary. Um, we've been doing online education here since 1999 and it's changed. Um, quite a bit since then and, and more people, less people are afraid of trying it both on the consumer side as well as yeah. the, the delivery side. And I do think the days where, um, you know what, I, I don't want a degree, but boy, I would love to take these two HR classes mm -hmm. and, and, and get a certificate or endorsement in conflict resolution. And, and can I do that? Or, you know what, I just have a history, I'm, I'm a history buff and uh, I want to audit this history class, and you know what? I'm in Jackson, 
but boy, I'd like to take Dr. Coffey's Civil War class. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't want the grade, but I want the experience. And, and so yeah. it opens up so many new doors and it's exciting. That is exciting. So mm-hmm. we can turn this bad, crazy, scary thing into something big and fun and explorative, you know, into yeah. the future. So all of that's good, but what about some of the challenges or the fears or obstacles that you're having to deal with? Do you have anything in particular? You know, I think, I, I think just three things, just, just quickly. Um, when, um, obviously there's a, um, a, a, such a safety concern, you've got people that want to come back to campus, but when, um, you know, immediately uh, you think of next Saturday, May 2nd, we were set to graduate 790 students. Well, mm-hmm. even though the state the day before is kind of, is reopening in a little bit, CDC and, and, and the state as well uh, doesn't want large groups of people. So, um, you know, typically we'll have 4,500 people come back into an arena um, mm-hmm. for commencement. Well, we, we, we can't do that. So some of the, the pieces uh, of a traditional college campus uh, we're having to, to, to stop graduation being being the first alumni events and gathering large scale gathering. Um, and that kind of creeps into the second obstacle. And, um, you know, if we're not able to um, have uh, groups on campus, there's a revenue piece to that summer camps, um, you know, whether it be large statewide 4-H groups that come here, uh-huh. uh, leader camps from, from five states come here, uh, that sort of thing. So there are a few opportunities for revenue for a college campus. And summer in, in, in camps and programs are a huge piece of that. Uh, the final piece is, is just the safety aspect. You know, you want um, our students to feel like uh, this is a, a – a safe place to be mm-hmm. in terms of their physical health. But the truth is, if you start bringing people back to campus too soon, uh, if we were to, to, to welcome uh, 1,400 freshmen uh, on, on May 1st, um, you know, th- that, that's probably not the wise thing to do in an in-person uh, format because you're getting people from all over the, mm-hmm. the globe, all over the state, all over the country coming back. And so uh, making sure that um, even though we're missing some of these traditional camp activities, we're missing things like graduation, keeping health and safety in the forefront uh, and making some some sacrifices now so that we can all be together Later. in the so uh, mm-hmm. there's health concerns, there's, there's financial concerns, and then sort of those just student, student satisfaction things, things you normally do during the year that we're just not getting to do. Well, my nephew is graduating on May the 2nd from UT Martin. I, I, and... was, I was excited. You had, some, you had some family coming in and uh, with overnight reservations here that they had to cancel. Yes, that is true. We were coming to town and we were going to celebrate together after the graduation. Now we're going to watch the Facebook Live, I hear. Is that right? It's going to be epic. It's yes. going to be special. It's awesome. It's a real special program. If it's got to be virtual, 
we're going to pull out all the stops and, and make it unique and uh, hopefully get that group back together in August for an in-person if we're allowed, but certainly celebrating that yeah. class in person at some point. But Sally, we thought it was critical that on graduation day, let's confer those degrees. Yeah, let's and, do uh, that. Let's, and let's I will be watching. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll try not to mess that up. Well, I'm hoping that afterwards we'll have some sort of family Zoom gathering. I may have to, uh, you know, administer that myself, invi invite everybody in, since that's my, my field of expertise. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's right. You're a planner. I'm a planner. And, I, and I'm great at Zoom and, I, and all those things. So. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add that you think is important to know at this time? You know, I, I think uh, what it's done, uh, another piece of this that we're still figuring out, and I think if colleges are honest, we're all still figuring out is how we know how to support students when they're here and we can see and touch them. It's harder to help a student that's struggling with a class uh, mm -hmm. that's homesick uh, that needs some, that's got a, that's got a, a conflict in their life that needs some help with. And, and how can you provide wellness, nutrition, mm -hmm. uh, mental health help uh, in a remote environment? And so we're learning as we go. And, and while I think um, technology is great for instruction, I think all of us are still figuring out what's the best way to really connect with someone whether it's telecounseling, telehealth, those sort of things to help your college students um, grow personally, heal when mm -hmm. they're hurting and wounded. And I think technology allows you to do that. We just, in a, in a residential experience, an institution like UT Martin, we haven't had to do that. And so mm -hmm. businesses have been doing that for years, you know, working with, working with clients we're going to get better in, in connecting. And I think our faculty are, again, doing a great job. Or, or, you know, we're calling students every day. We're communicating them, not just with them in this virtual world, but actually getting them on the phone, that sort of thing. But yeah. I think we're going to be better at connecting to all of our students as a result of this. Um, because that's, you know, we're in education because we're in the people business. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's been important. That's very important. And we're experiencing a similar thing with a high schooler. We still have a high schooler at home That's right. and um, we're dealing with a lot of the kids were getting very overwhelmed in the first few weeks of this online school happening, mm -hmm. just having to transition in the middle of this semester. Right. And so the teachers all had to kind of back up a little bit and be like, okay, we're missing something here yeah. and we've got to address this because there is an emotional and a mental health aspect of this. There's a traumatic aspect to this. It's huge. So that's got to be addressed and looked at and, um, you know, and nurtured. So I appreciate I, I, you saying that and adding uh, that at the end, because I think that's very important all it, across the board. It's really important. It's really important, and 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 you know it's evolving. We're getting better at it. We're figuring it out. We're we're hearing from our students what they need right now, and and we're responding. So I think everyone's really learning from this. And mm -hmm. uh, but I will go on record as saying I hope we don't have to repeat it anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't either. And 
I don't want to have to wear a mask every time I walk out the door and go to the store. <laughs> Allie, I miss going and sitting in my coffee shop and, uh, and, and reading my newspaper, you know, things yeah. I, that I took for granted just, uh, you know, 30 days ago. I so. agree. I agree. I, I have the same thing. Well, thank you so much, Keith. I really appreciate you coming on here with me and sharing your story and what's going on in the college world, uh, university world with, with our listeners. Well, happy to do it. Thank you so much. And to all your listeners, uh, just stay safe and healthy. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to hear all our episodes. Go to shoutyourcause.com to our podcast page for information on our guests and notes from this show.